Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans teaching. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and I'm excited to be with you today, having the Word of God here in our hands, our eyes looking upon it, and it being grafted into our hearts. Hallelujah. God is faithful to give us that which we need each and every day. And today, I believe this is the 20th session, and we're still in Romans chapter 1. I think we just finished, or we're going to have to finish, on verse 18. We could go weeks and weeks on just the first 18 verses of Romans, but we're just covering just a few highlights and moving on and asking God to give us that which we need. So I am encouraged again, I'll say, to be with you today, and I pray you'd get your Bibles, follow along with us. Just before we dig into the Word, I always want to let you know We've got this little 62-page booklet that we wrote a couple of years ago. All God's works are done in truth. That means God doesn't work outside of truth. Everything He does is from His stance and His voice speaking to us truth. Everything. And truth is Jesus and what Jesus did at Calvary. And therefore, this is derived from Psalms 33 and 4. For the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. $15, we'll mail your copy as soon as we hear from you. Just uh, go to the website, which is thecrosswaychurch.com. Hit the donate button. Tell us what it is that you're after. If you're scared of social media, you're scared of technology, sending money through the uh, that uh, at source, just uh, send it to Crossway Church, 610 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572. And we'll send you a copy. And we'll be glad to do it because I tell you what, we're living in a time right now where there's so much deception, so much deceit, so many false things and ways. It's time that God's people come back to the truth, just the truth. Not what we want truth to be, but who truth is. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And uh, don't forget that everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded to my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. The, the worship services, the preaching there, my Romans teaching I'm doing right now, and the Galatians teaching that's ongoing every Friday morning live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page and also on our website and now being live streamed on YouTube. So many avenues there. Make sure you don't just listen, but that you share these messages. You know what? Every person on the earth has no greater need than to be learning the Word of God. No greater need. Not taking care of your children, your husband, your wife. All those are fabulous and marvelous gifts from God that we should be good stewards of. But if we're not good stewards of God's Word, then all the other will not have mattered in the end. So grab your Bibles. Ever have any questions, anything you'd like to contact me, just you man, I have a Curtis Hutchinson Facebook page and I have a Pastor Curtis uh, Facebook page, and I also have an email at Curtis Hutchinson at att.net. I'm here for you. I answer your questions. That is if I know the answer, but we can dig in God's Word and find those answers. He has them for us. Amen. Uh, verse, we'll just start into where we're going today, which is verse 19. 
from heaven against all in unrighteousness. Now, you got to understand this. this. This is speaking of people who take the truth and they hold it in an unrighteous manner. That means outside the context of Christ, who is our righteousness, and what He did on the cross to become that for us. Not just initially, but daily, daily, my friends, Christian friends, to be able to bear the fruits of righteousness. You need to understand that. Salvation is not just getting in and going to heaven. Salvation is getting in and living with the power of God while you're in until you get to heaven. Amen? And the only way we can do that is if we hold God's Word in its righteous context. But notice verse 19. He says, Because that which may be not manifest. Mm, that means seen. It's not, it's not something. It's hidden. It's man God says... Is manifest in them because them. Let's go. Because are clearly seen. Now this is where it gets real good, my friends. God. Lied, can't lie, wouldn't lie. And God says the things of him, the invisible things of God that can't be seen. Now, you just need to stop and think about that. God makes known the things of himself to us that we need to know that the natural eye, he says, are clear. Now, now, wait a minute. God's can be clearly seen that are concerning Him, but they can be in your Bible. That's profound. God wants to make known the invisible things concerning Him that He wants you to know. And there's a degree of knowledge which is vast that God wants us to know. There are some things that God doesn't want us to know that's obvious and we won't know. Some things we just don't need to know. Amen. Those of you who have children understand what I'm talking about. There's just some things a child just doesn't need to know. And God things because he's given us a big old Bible here. Amen. He's dealt with men for thousands of years by speaking to men so that we can have the knowledge of him. But here he's tell us how we clearly see them and how we understand that are made. Even excuse. So what God is here saying is that if we look think about this. Trees, clouds, grass, you name it, everything that he's made or everything that we, call, we claim we've made. Listen, we've not made anything. This this little office building I'm in 
We claim we made it with our hands. Man can only do what God allows him to do. What God gives him the knowledge to do. Enables him with strength and wisdom to do. You got to understand, man. Until back in the, it wasn't until the 1900s ended. At the end of the 19, you know, the 1800s rather, and the beginning of the 1900s, men were still riding around in wooden boats. No lights. No, and all of a sudden, God begins to impart a certain wisdom to certain men. To allow them to do certain things. Look at us flying. I just got back from the last week, and it took 20 hours to get us there and to get us home. 20 hours, one way or more. If we had to do that by boat back in the day, it would have taken us weeks and weeks to get there. What we have, what we're able to build, what we're able to do, even the, the computers, this technology that's being used right now, God had to allow man to have this for his own purposes, not for our purposes to abuse it and, and use it for... to have things to increase their fear of him, their value of who he is. Amen. Think about it. There's a scripture I want to share with you today. Ecclesiastes 3.14. I recently saw this in the Word and it blessed my heart. And I pray that it bless you as I share it with you today. Ecclesiastes 3.14 says, I It shall be forever. Think about that. If God has done it, it is forever. And God should fear before Him. That mean, word fear means that we properly estimate His value. And this is done only as we look to the cross. For there we give God the value of His worth in our own hearts, that He loves us that much to give His Son. He's that gracious to us. He's that merciful to us. He's, he's that caring toward us as we look to the cross where He performed and manifest His love to us. See, God doesn't just tell us He loves us. God shows us He loves us by the giving of His Son. Now, the Bible says in the book of Psalms that God created the earth and the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth He gave to men. So if God gave us the earth, He wants us to understand not just that we're in charge and have dominion over the earth, but He wants us through what He's created. See, we didn't create the earth. It was given to us as a gift. Amen. But He wants us to understand by looking at the earth who He is. That our fear would be of Him. Our value would be increased every single day. Our love for Him. Our trust in Him. Think about this. God has not offered you or given you anything that its purpose is not ultimately to glorify Him in a heart of thanksgiving on your behalf. I'm sold out and, 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 and for sure as I could possibly be that it is the man or the woman or the child who has their faith in the cross of Jesus Christ 
That's what makes our thankfulness legitimate to God. That's where we're thankful. Paul said earlier on in this chapter 1 of Romans that I thank my God through Jesus Christ. See, unless our faith is in Christ and what He did at Calvary, we can't even thank God properly. And I am 110% sure that it is the thankful child of God that experiences God the most. I'm talking about when they're thankful. I'm not talking about the person that goes around and just habitually says, well, thank you, Lord, and thank you, Jesus, and thank you just to be heard. I'm talking about a legitimate thanksgiving which can only be coming from the heart who has its faith in the cross. Not any of the schemes and the things men are writing books about now that we need to focus on and and all this new age apostolic and prophetic and all these schemes of men such as the purpose driven and the government of twelve and you confess, you speak the words and that's the power. I know the power of God, the Bible says, is the preaching of the cross. See how easy it is to be subtly and deceitfully moved away from a heart that wants more than what God is offering through the cross of Christ. See, that happened in the Garden of Eden. And it's called pride. Can I tell you that in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2, the Bible says, when pride comes, shame also comes. Shame also comes and all... You say, well, what about the homosexuals and the lesbians that are not... They're out in the street. They're... There's no shame. Yes, that's why they're there, my friend. In their minds, it's gay pride. In God's eyes, it's gay shame. And shame is in their hearts, and that's why most of that population end up oppressed, depressed, and committing suicide. A lot of them. I don't know about most, but a lot of them will kill themselves those bound in that bondage and that abomination toward God. Anything that God says is an abomination to Him is an experience of shame in our hearts. And what we'll do to fight against it, we'll gather as many people as we can to make ourselves feel good about what we're doing, to try to deceive ourselves and make us think that I have no reason to be shameful. And I'll even take it to the streets and go on a parade. But all I'm really doing is rebelling against God and trying to suppress the shame that will never, ever go away. Because God created us. God God is right. And everything else is a lie. And God shame comes. You can't avoid it. You can't hide from it. You can think you can. Adam and Eve became ashamed that they were naked. They hid from God when He showed up. They'd covered themselves with fig leaves. Why? Because they were ashamed. God saw right through the fig leaves and offered them the only opportunity, only cloak, the only covering that would satisfy Him, not them, Him. God has to be satisfied with you, not you with yourself. Men have nothing in and of themselves to be satisfied with. 
We can only be satisfied in Christ and complete in Christ and find pleasure and joy and contentment in Christ. And those who claim they're living lifestyles and they have no shame of homosexuality and lesbianism and things of, and, and, and many other things of that nature, it's because of pride. Pride says, I don't need God, or pride says, I need God, but I'll tell God how I'll accept Him instead of just accepting the Word of God. Back into the Word. And know even the invisible things. He says have been made known unto man by the visible things he created. Not just but also understanding the invisible things of God by the things we look at that are visible. Can I ask you a question today? Are you looking at the creation and searching for God in that? This is why all will be judged. There are those today who live and die and they never will hear the gospel. And if, if that's the case, that means they would have never believed the gospel. For those who will believe, God will put someone in their path and they will believe when they hear the gospel. But many, if they heard, would not believe. God also knows who's the, who they are. There's a story in the book of Acts we can read about concerning natives or islanders, people living on an island who worshipped everything from tree frogs to the sun, the moon, the bark on the tree, everything, anything. Paul is shipwrecked and floats ashore on a plank of wood, him and his compadres there. Written by a snake. And the natives there say, he's cursed of God. But he shakes the snake off and goes about his business because it's cold. We have to have a fire. <laughs> they see he doesn't die, doesn't even get sick. So they say, oh, he's not cursed of the gods because he is a god. See, that's the way the world is today. Just let a cloud float through the sky and be shaped in the form of a crown or anything, and men will worship that. They will worship that. That's because God has put eternity in our hearts. God has put what's in our hearts that needs to be there so that we will know there's more than this life. There are things that we cannot see that exist. Every human being knows that. Even the ones who are prideful and even in their darkened, foolish hearts say, I don't believe it. They do believe it. <clears throat> they have to fight against that because it's there. It's in their face. It's in their hearts. God put it there. To say they don't believe it is just a denial of who they are and why they are here. And one day they will all stand. We will all stand before the Lord God Himself. And reality will be there. There will be no you can't do this to me, or I really didn't mean it, or well, I was just faking. I, all that won't matter. It'll only be the Lord and you on Judgment Day because you've known the whole time. And those of God are going to be realizing, you know what? 
All this stuff didn't just form on its own. God says in Psalms 53, 1, it's the fool who says in his heart there is no God. You have to be an idiot, a blockhead, <clears throat> absurd to look around or to even take something like the human eye that st so strategically, God says, fearfully and wonderfully are we created, are we made. He made us fearfully and wonderfully. Every little ligament, every little tissue. We didn't come from monkeys. My friend, monkeys are still monkeys. People are still people. You have to be a blockhead to go that way. It takes faith to go that way, but it's a faith that will send you to hell. It takes faith to believe that Christ came to give you deliverance, forgiveness from sins, and along with it the mind of Christ that you may begin to think in a sober fashion so that you no longer have to think in a way that's more highly of yourself than you ought to be thinking. And when God sees somebody searching for who He is and that He's recognizable through His creation, that's what He's telling us here. God is recognizable in His creation. That means we can know there is a God that put the clouds in the sky that makes it rain or withholds the rain. There is a God. Even the, even the nations of the world know that. That's why some of them would false God hoping and praying to some false God would send rain. Isn't it amazing how God created man in His own image and set us on the right path, gave us the earth, and immediately we forfeited all that and gave it over to the devil, that old serpent, Satan who is now the God of this world because we men who had dominion of this world, God gave it to us. We handed it over to the devil through our subjection to him and what he spoke to us. Amen? We need to think about these things. God wants every person on the earth to know him. But it all starts with just an awareness that there is more than what I see. Every human has that. That's why some go to witches, some go to uh, uh, this, some go to that. They, they we're all because eternity is in our hearts. Ecclesiastes three eleven. It, it's it's in it's in our hearts. Is that right? Ecclesiastes chapter three. I believe it's verse eleven. You check it out on your own to make sure I'm right but it's in that third chapter. He put eternity in our hearts. Hallelujah. That's good news. We are more than what we appear to the naked eye. There is more to be seen of God than what you're just looking at. God wants you to have a heart that would seek after Him. And if God finds a heart that will seek after Him, such as Cornelius, a Gentile. You read about him in the book of Acts. He wanted to serve God. He wanted to, he wanted to be right with God. Why? Because he knew there was a God. And he was right there, not too far from the Jews who served the one true God. But he didn't know God. Even though he was giving and praying and, and, and doing all these things that were uh, good work, saw them all, but God can't 
He can't bless him. He can't give him any fruit or reward. Christ. So he sent Peter to him to preach the gospel of Christ. And he did. And Cornelius was saved. And then Cornelius began to bear fruit. Hallelujah. Before that, it was just Cornelius doing works he thought were good, but they weren't legitimate or worthy of fruit from God. Hallelujah. Verse 19. Unto them. He manifested in them. God, when He created us, when He formed us, He put everything we need to know that if we look at creation, we could see something about Him. Watch this. Hallelujah. And God, without excuse, God here says that all God to something. That if you're just seeking for God, you're not going to be able to stand before God and say you found God in a tree frog. Or you found God in the book. He says that eternal power and Godhead. Now he speaks of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which man need not know anything about. Man need not know anything about except for the purpose of redemption. See, God narrows it down. Spirit, I really don't even need to know there's a God except for the purpose of redemption, being saved from my sins, coming to Him, living with Him, Him living in me, me in Him, Him using me for His glory. Think about this. So we can to make Himself known through uh, the creation, know the invisible things are clearly seen and understood. The invisible things are clearly seen and understood by the things we look at that are made. But he narrows it down. He says even the power, his power and the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I don't have time to do a study on it. But you can do a great study on the things that you can see that have the number three to it. I'm not going to get into that, but it's huge and it's very interesting. Many things have a, a level three, three ingredients or three levels or this, that, three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, body, soul, and spirit, and many other things. Just a little push there to maybe get you to check those things out. But what? this thankful thing we talked about a while ago. If you're going to be thankful, and it's going to have to be concerning the Godhead, 
what the Father has done through His Son by the Spirit to show you He loves you enough to save you and to bring you back to Him. Because thankful, but think about was darkened. That's the last thing I want to happen to me. To begin to live as a fool. The Bible in the New Testament tells us not to live as fools, but as those who redeem the time. You and I, my friend, as children of God, we can live as foolish. We can live as fools, as if there is no God. Christians are doing that today when their faith is moved from the cross to anything else. The words they speak, anything else. They say, my faith is still in the cross, but, but they prove it's not a thankful heart for the cross they run to when they find themselves in a mess. It's a church building. It's a preacher. It's a, it's a, a pro- three things you'll find deliverance. No, my friend. That's the proof that we've lost our thankfulness for the cross and our hearts have become darkened because they've become foolish. If we move away from the cross, we move into a place of a foolish, darkened heart because other than faith in the cross means there's pride in our heart. I remember when I began to hear the message of the cross and I would say, I don't need that anymore. I'm already saved. I'm already filled with the Holy Ghost. Why do I need to listen to the gospel again? That's just for lost people. My heart became darkened and foolish. Foolishly darkened. Bad things begin to happen. And if you won't repent when God shows you that you're off track and you're wrong, because the object of your faith is wrong, then that foolish darkness will become so dark, you and I will begin to call it light. And Jesus says, how great is that darkness. I hope and pray you've gotten something out of this half hour teaching. I pray that you would go to my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. I upload these messages sometime by lunch every Monday and Thursday. So I encourage you to go check it out. Not only check it out, if you're being blessed, share them. Share the avenue by which you are hearing these teachings with someone else. And pray about helping us financially. Again, you can donate at thecrosswaychurch.com. We're praying for you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.